podcastjuice.net. Why, why do you think that is? <clears throat> the, the, the people of color treat you one way, and that lighter persuasion, to use your phrase, treat you another way. With regard to what to call you when they see you. I, I think we tend to um, live through our own more so, and uh, we champion when one of us makes good. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we never forget. Like, I'm, I, I'm so thankful I always have my people at my shows, and they remember all the way back. Oh, do they? Uh, Absolutely. When I was doing the Purple Rain tour, I had a lot of people who I knew I'd never see again at the concerts, just screaming in uh, places they thought they were supposed to scream. You know, so that mountain type, uh, mountaintop type uh, situation is not really all it's cracked up to be. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are listening to the Prince Podcast with Michael Dean here on podcastjuice.net and I got uh, one of these shows that I've been looking to do for a while some of you are going to know this gentleman from uh, Facebook and and various Prince fandom events and different things over the years so we are joined by Mr. Pedge sir how you doing? I'm doing good thank you. Man I appreciate you coming on the show sir. Thanks for having me. Oh man it's my pleasure my pleasure. Now I remember actually uh, I actually met you uh, in Minneapolis back in That's January. Right. You were with um, my man Funkenberry. I was with Funkenberry, uh, and uh, I think uh, Priyana was there too. Yeah. Yeah, and we were at, uh, what was that place called? The Little Restaurant. Um, man, it escapes my, I, I, I can't think of the name, but I know what you're talking about. Perkins. It was Perkins. called Perkins. Yes, yes, yes. But so, it was the Perkins on the other side of town. <laughs> okay, yep. Yeah. So, man, um, what we're going to talk about today is I really want to, you know, get the, your history and like how you became a Prince fan. But also you got to go to the Jesse Johnson, Michael B., Sonny Thompson, Jimi Hendrix uh, show that happened like this last week. So I really want to hear your review about that. And you also okay. had the opportunity to go to Paisley Park uh, and your visit up there. So I definitely want to hear your take on that as well. Um, but before we get into that, man, let's do a little setup. Okay. And uh, where are you at? Where, where do you live right now in the part of the country, in the world? I live in Southern California. I'm in Orange County, um, but I'm back and forth between L.A. And uh, either I live in L.A. or I live in O.C. I actually, you know, I stay in both places, but right now I'm in O.C. Okay. So you, you're on the West Coast. West Coast. Yes, sir. Now, where are you uh, born and raised from, man? I was born in Germany, but I'm, but I'm to Iranian parents, Persian parents. And uh, I moved to Salt Lake City, Utah when I was five years old. Mm. And I was raised there from five to 15. And then uh, we moved to California at the age of 15. And I've been here ever since. All right. And uh, you ain't, you, we ain't got to age ourselves or nothing like if you don't want to. But I would imagine you probably around the same age as me. So you 45. Probably, 45. 45. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm 47. So we in the same same yeah. school. Same era. Same, <laughs> yep. era. same yeah. era. 80s. All that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, man, let me, ask this, let me ask you this. What got you into Prince? Okay. So, interestingly enough, just being, you know, out in Minneapolis this last week, we were with a few different fans. We were talking and and uh, we all, you know, we were out eating it. I think middle of the night we went to uh, Denny's and um, 
we all were talking about each other's history, and um, I was deprived. I, I lived in Salt Lake City, Utah, where Prince wouldn't come tour or anything like that. Plus, I was too young. But I remember the first time I ever heard about Prince was on American Bandstand. I saw him play mm. uh, I Want to Be Your Lover, but I didn't know who he was or what he was about. And that that was my first rec, you know, recollection of knowing who Prince was. By the time 1999 and, and Little Red Corvette came out, I remember it was a high school dance they played it at, and I was really into Michael Jackson. But when I when I was introduced to seeing what Prince was about, I thought, "Wow, this guy's like Michael, but he plays guitar." <laughs> so, so, but like I say, I was deprived because growing up in Utah it was a very Mormon uh, mm-hmm. state. Prince wouldn't dare step foot in that state <laughs> at that time. Right. Most of the kids liked a lot of heavy metal and things like that, and um, but I like Prince. Let, and, let me ask you this, because you mentioned something that I definitely can understand. You said you was into Michael, of course, Michael Jackson. Yeah. And, and I know for some people, you know, those maybe who be a little younger than us, I always want to make sure that they understand, like, Michael Jackson was the end-all, the be-all for a period of time. Like, Mike was the dominating sort of thing that was just always there and it was like when you you say when prince comes out and i'm kind of like you prince had been around longer than i was aware of him at that mm-hmm. time like i didn't really know much about him but right. he was kind of bubbling up but it was right. like when he became in your face you were like it was almost like man okay let me get off a of mic here for a minute because <laughs> this the new this is the thing that i kind of been I didn't know I needed, but I need this. <laughs> like, oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I remember just seeing the videos, and I thought, "This is something. This is somebody different." And then he's, mm-hmm. and he's. I never really looked at them as being rivals or anything like that. Right. I just thought, like, this guy's doing it, you know, in his own way, you know. And, and, mm-hmm. and Michael uh, never discredit him. He captivated the world, especially the when I saw the moonwalk. I thought Michael is it. Yeah. Then Prince comes along, and I'm like, wait a minute here. Who's this? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, maybe we can we can jump on it on this way. Mm-hmm. You know, th- when you mentioned that moonwalk, uh, Motown 25, yeah. that was like one of those moments that everyone sort of was glued to the TV and experienced that together. But yeah. when you get to, when we get to Purple Rain, what was your um, interaction with Purple Rain or experience with the movie Purple Rain, the album? Well, that that's a good question. You know, at the time, uh, I remember I w- we had lived in northern Utah and Purple Rain came out. And now I hear One Doves Cry on the radio. And I've already been familiar with, with the 1999, a few songs off 1999. I remember back in those days, we would hear Delirious on the radio. We would hear uh, Little Red Corvette in 1999. But then when Doves Cry came out and the video to it came out and I was like, there he is again. Mm. And he kind of has a different sound and he kind of has a different look and and it was very attractive. And then a movie to back it up. And when the movie came out, it was like people in Utah, even people in Utah were like gung ho about going to see this movie. I don't think I was old enough to see it in the theater. But the second it it came out on video on VHS, we Mm. had it. You know, we were renting it regularly. I would make sure my parents were renting it regularly, and I couldn't get enough of it. I mean, I was one of the ones that, at that point, you know, he was on the cover of a lot of magazines, so I was just buying them up. Mm -hmm. However I could scrounge up money, I was buying everything I could 
you know, from posters. And then you I'd go to record stores and, and start to investigate. Oh, my God, you know what? This guy has older albums like Controversy, mm-hmm. like like Prince, like uh, like Dirty Mind and like For You. And so I just bought them all. Anything I could get my hands on, I was getting. What um, you say you uh, watched uh, the Purple Rain movie. So you saw it at home for the first time. I saw it at home for the first time. Yeah, man, my mom didn't really want me to see it because <laughs> I think she watched it with us one time. And when she saw Prince hit Apollonia, she was like, this is not good. Mm. This guy's beating a woman. Like, this is not good. And I said, you don't understand. It's just a movie, mom. This guy's the best <laughs> musician. To, I mean, who else does it like him? And, and she knew my, like, she knew how much I liked Prince. So after a while, she just gave in. My dad did not like me liking Prince. I mean, he, <laughs> He, I had covered an entire wall in my in my bedroom of Prince posters and pictures and everything. And one day he came and he realized that I had torn down the wallpaper that was in there and put his stuff up. So he tore all my Prince stuff down. And <laughs> that definitely built a big resentment between me and my dad at the time. But it, wow. it never made me stop loving Prince, you know. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? When did you like sort of go from? You know, I guess maybe a casual fan to like, yo, I have to get all of this music. I mean, I got to get these, start getting these other albums and really listening to this music. Right around Purple Rain. I okay. mean, when, when Purple Rain was taken off, at that point, I remember thinking like, I'm going to get anything released by this guy. Like 12 inches were coming. I remember Another Lonely Christmas came out like right around Christmas time. I'm like, what great timing, you know? Mm. So I got all the 12 inches that were coming out and everything that you know from there on i mean when around the world in the day hit you know i know a lot of people were like expecting purple rain part two i was like this is even more interesting so i got that too and then parade and those were good times i mean it was pretty much you know the soundtrack of my teenage years and um i loved it you know every anything that came out i had to have it and i was getting it on a continual basis all right what what was your first uh, prince concert First Prince concert, by the time that we moved, we moved to California when I was 15 years old. And at that time, I think Prince was doing his first phase of, he called them the hit and run tours where he was doing, yeah. um, it was it was the parade show, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, but he wasn't really doing it in the States, but I had heard that he did LA with Sheila E, I think they, but I couldn't go to that. I was 15. We had moved to, to Orange County. I didn't know how to get to a concert. So by the time I went to my first Prince concert, it was the Love Sexy tour. It was 1988. He played the LA Sports Arena. My sister won tickets off the radio for one night. And then the second night, my friend Monica and I stayed outside of some, I think it was, I forget the name of the record store, but back then they had record stores. But but they were selling tickets. You know, we stayed outside for like two days just to get tickets. Wow. And we got really, you know, we got, so I that was my first two shows was um, Love Sexy. Tell, tell me about that. I mean, I saw that show as, as well, but I'm curious. What did you think about the Love Sexy concert? I mean, I was blown away. It was my first time ever going to a Prince concert, and just because I loved him already so much, uh, being a 17-year-old kid at a show like that, and, you know, in the round, mm-hmm. being there, finally seeing him up close and live. You know, one night we didn't have that good of seats, but those tickets that my sister won off the radio were, like, up and close. So I was just, you know blown out of, you know, blown, it was mind-blowing i didn't know what to think i was like this is just just wonderful 
you know yeah that that was quite the show to take in man it's just so much going on like yeah so much now was that your first what was your first concert just in general i'm curious first concert in general was rush and that was in okay. utah which was the power windows tour and uh yeah that was my very first concert. so now this was actually probably my second concert ever okay yeah. Talk to me, you know, let's give people a, a sense of what it was like in that times in terms of like when Purple Rain, of course, Prince is extremely popular uh, and he's the he's the guy at that point. But when we get into the later albums like Around the World in a Day and Parade, Sign of Times, what was it like being a fan at that point? You know, how did your other friends, were they into Prince or you know, would they listen to the music? What did they think about it? I like that you asked that question because, you know, like I said, at the time I lived in Utah and, and I remember what I remember is that when Around the World in a Day came out, you know, a lot of people would look at me funny, like, why do you like Prince? Like that sure, he had that movie and all that, but why do you like Prince? Like his music isn't even appealing. And I said, You to one kid, he was this little heavy metal kid, I said, Here, here's my here's a cassette tape of Around the World in a Day. Just take it home for a day. Just go listen to it. And he took it home and the next day came back and said Oh my God, I'm blown away. I love this. And I thought, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you people just don't know. So at the time, you know, I don't really think he was very popular where I was growing up. But um, within time, I think, you know, uh, just moving out to California, especially like in LA, Prince was always big. Everybody always loved Prince at that time. I just think that he had lost his popularity after you know plus making the movie under the cherry moon and it, it not doing so well in the box office i think it, he had sort of you know except for the song kiss sort of just fallen off the map it's at least in mainstream uh music a lot of people weren't as interested as they were during purple rain i got you yeah i mean it was it was a different i, I think it was more so of course expectations you know if you're not going to do a direct follow-up of the thing that made you this superstar and then you go and just go in a different direction. Yeah. Some people are not going to understand that. Um, plus, he, plus he made a movie and he made it in black and white. And right. Like, yeah. Know, it was I, a, it was remember, a totally different thing. Theater and people were walking out of the theater. Wow. So, you know, so, um, okay. So, Definitely, you were you were definitely a fan during the heyday period. You know, through the different albums, and and uh, you went to Love Sexy. I'm curious, what was the next Prince concert that you got to see after that? After that, what started happening was I, well, you know, Sign of the Times. He didn't play in America, right. so I remember when the movie th came out in the theater, I went and watched that and it wasn't a lot of people sitting in the theater to watch that. Although last week at Paisley, the place was packed to watch it. But um, the next concert that I saw him at was, if I remember correctly, he played in 1991, the MTV Music Awards. I went, I paid 150 bucks. I was a young kid, but I went and waited in line and just to get tickets. So we sat, I sat in the third row at the Music Awards, and he played Get Off. And so oh, wow. that was my second time seeing him live. I sat between Stevie Nicks and Heavy D and the Boys. Wow. That's so, crazy. And I even had a little interaction with Stevie Nicks where I, where I asked her, because at that point I'd already been studying Prince, and I, I turned to her and I said, Stevie, did Prince write Stand Back for You? And she looked at me angry. 
He looked at me and said, no, I wrote it for him. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but I remember just being there and seeing Prince perform and get out. I thought the second I saw him turn around and I saw his, you know, his assless pants, I'm like, oh, my only Prince would do something like this in front of the world. <laughs> so that was like the second performance from there on. Um, uh, you know, the, the Diamonds and Pearls tour hit and, I think at the time he wasn't, he never brought that tour to America either. But from there on, it was like the Act One and Act Two tours. Those mm-hmm. ones I went to. Okay. Now, so yeah. you being in Cali, you probably, there's so much, so many concerts that are coming through that area. Where I was blessed, man. Yeah. I, I, there was so many that I got to actually see because of, cause he, liked, he loved LA. Yeah. Then did you go, what was your first, uh, as, I, as I know you've been to some, what, what was your first like after show? Um, there was a few. Oh man, let me think here. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank, but I, I do remember that um, he would. I missed the country club, which he played in the valley, I believe. Uh, I missed the China club, although you know at the time there wasn't the internet or anything like that, mm-hmm. so I would just hear about it through the Prince community. And the next day, and people would say, "Did you know the Prince played the China club?" I'm no way, man. I missed that. I think. Um, one night he played Billboard Live, and I think yeah, there, it was like an after show feel because it wasn't an act, it was the Key Club that's where he was at. It wasn't an actual like concert, so it was sort of like the after show feel, and that's actually a, the one and only time I got to talk to Prince a little bit. You know, after oh, the show, I went downstairs and talked to him for a minute with a couple of other girls that were at the show. Man, how was that? It was interesting, man. I mean, he he was soft spoken. He didn't he didn't say much, and I didn't know what to say really because you know in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I wasn't well at the time. I don't know if you know. I'm sure you can tell by some of my posts on Facebook. I'm in recovery now, but I think that night I had, I had done a bunch of ecstasy. And I, for the first time at a print show, I was sweating and going down. After the show, I went down. And I thought I'm gonna go talk to this guy. Like I'm, I'm I gotta talk to him. He's I know where he just went. I just watched him go down those stairs. And, and I went down there and I was speechless. You know, I talked a little bit. I said, great show, great performance. And, and the bodyguards sort of got in the way and they wouldn't they wouldn't let us say much. But I remember the other two girls, one of them wanted to give um, him her CD to because she was a singer. And the other one just wanted to talk to him. So I kind of just mingled my way in with them. Right, right. I did a lot of that over the years. Like I'll tell you more <laughs> as we go along. Okay. Um, <laughs> so well, I didn't know nothing about the, the recovery thing, but I... I heard you mention something about it but um, but uh, we we can either get into that or not but yeah uh, no I'm, I'm sober almost 10 years and uh, I work in the, in the recovery community and I, I help a lot of addicts and alcoholics and do my best to oh, okay. help them sober up that's what's up man that, that's that's good work man you're doing the work man thank you it's good stuff um yeah. so let's jump up oh I was gonna ask you did you go to the um the Vegas thing, the thirty-one twenty-one. Interestingly enough, because I wasn't well, I was newly sober when he was doing a thirty-one twenty-one thing, so I didn't make it to any of those shows, and I and I made it to the one night alone shows. As a matter of fact, um, if you look on the inside of the DVD of the one night one night alone, uh, what is it? The the concert that you can watch on DVD. Mm-hmm. You open the front. Right, right on the inside, on the CD, there's like a bunch of lights zoomed in, and they caught my picture. I think it was Afshin Shahidi that took the picture. He, he told me recently, but uh, 
so I'm there. So I, I went to those shows. I was incarcerated during that time. Man, he's doing the most. <laughs> I, I used to go hard. I went to the uh, Aladdin shows, the, those hit and run ones. Um, I do want to say that one of the best Prince experiences that I ever had was when I was newly sober in 2009. I had like a year and a half of sobriety. And if you remember, he was launching the Lotus Flower site, but it had not launched yet. But you could go on the site and see the little TV in the corner. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, they were doing like a countdown. You could sign your name up. So, right. so I had a friend who signed up and we all signed up. I did. She did. And then they sent her a secret email and said, um, we, they went by her IP address to see that she was in California, but they said that uh, Prince is having a party at his house in Beverly Hills, Beverly Park. I remember Beverly this. Hills. Yeah. And um, we want to invite you and a guest to, to his house for a special preview and a launching of the Lotus Flower site. Wow. So she, she calls me and she's like, Pej, like, guess what? Like, I just got this email. I'm like, really? What does it say? Well, they're inviting me to Prince's house. I'm like, really? She said, yeah. <laughs> And I can bring a guest. I'm like, well, who are you bringing? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, well, I mean, I was going to bring my daughter, but she's too young. No, no, Pej, okay, I, I was going to bring you. And I'm like, damn right you're going to bring me. <laughs> so what ended up happening is um, we ended up going, you know, it was a clusterfuck that night. I was driving around just scrambling. At the time, like, I didn't have, like, ways on my phone to be able to find it right. So I, I had it all printed out and everything, but... That night was an experience like no other. I mean, and I don't know if you know who Artie Hole is, right? Mm, no, I don't think so. Robert Hole. He, he's 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 in the Prince community. He's really big. He's been around for a lot. I think you should have him on the show personally. He's an awesome guy. But um, when I got to the house, um, well, it took me a while. I got lost. But finally, some guy in Bentley in Beverly Hills showed me how to get to the proper location and i remember when i got to the gate and and i told the guy my name he said he said he said yep and he let me in and i started driving in and i just remember once i got into this neighborhood i'm looking at these houses and i'm thinking ain't nobody broke in this neighborhood man like this (laughs) you know just palaces right and i'm just driving and thinking i'm going to prince's house right now like this is is this really happening and when I got there, I was greeted at the, door, at the door by Scott Addison Clay, who had designed the site. Okay, yeah. And uh, as I'm walking in, he's got this uh, Rolling Stone, a writer for Rolling Stone, who's actually, who had just arrived there, too, at the same time. And we're both walking in. He says, is your name Pej? And I said, yeah. He goes, we've been waiting for you. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel important and shit. Like, this is <laughs> something else, right? And I walk into the house, and I look, and I see the little Picasso painting. Not the little Picasso, but the big Picasso painting at the end of the hall. I'm like, I am in, like, it was a rented house. I think he was paying like 200 grand a month for for this mansion, right? And I, right. I walk in and they're, they're serving hors d'oeuvres in this one room and he's got like his hairdresser there and, and Anita Baker was there and Charles Barkley's there. And, wow. And, uh, and some lady was sitting on the couch and she was, she was just, you know, this, this white lady and she tells me, Pej, do you remember me? And I said, uh, I'm not sure. She goes, you know my husband. And I'm like, who's your husband? She goes, well, he's in the bathroom right now. He's going to come out in just a sec. So I'm thinking, white lady, her husband's going to be some white guy. And and all of a sudden, he comes out. He's already whole. He's black. And he comes out. He's like, Pej. 
out loud, Pej, I just took a shit in Prince's bathroom. I'm like, oh my God. I go, what the hell are wow. you doing here? What are you doing here? And he's, we're old friends. Like, we went to the, all the musicology shows together and everything. Okay. I go, how'd you get in here? He goes, I won the contest too. I'm like, you won the purple ticket contest? He goes, yeah. I go, so did so did my friend Jean. She, uh, she's not even here yet. And she she was actually there, but like walking, roaming around the house. But mm-hmm. wow. Uh, what ended up happening was, you know, they had that, the black piano, the Pegasus one, the fancy one that has mm-hmm. the hydraulics. They had brought it there. It was in another room. Um, and, I, you know, I was, we were just mingling, talking to people. I talked to... Anthony Malzone, he was also another person that, that contributed to helping yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. build that site. Really good guys, Scott and Anthony. And and I met uh, Prince's chef, Aaron Tripp, who um, we are currently friends on Facebook. She's a great lady. Um, she had made some stuffed uh, mushrooms and deviled eggs and things that were sort of along the vegetarian right. side, you know, things that Prince probably would would have wanted for us to have. And I remember thinking that, I have like a year of sobriety, and there's, there's like waiters walking around with wine, and I'm thinking, if I was to relapse, I'd do it up in this place, because I, <laughs> I know they're not serving no cheap, organic Trader right. Joe's wine up in here. This up is in, Prince's house, right? Set that off up in here. <laughs> and I remember, like, I told I told RD, I said, look at that piano right there. Should I take a picture of that? He goes, Pesh, put your phone away. Don't even dare. You're going to get kicked out of his house. I said, you're right. I'm not taking no pictures. So, because um, So what ended up happening, they, after a little while, um, Prince came through. He came down the hallway, and he's standing there, and he had his little shoes on with, with the lights on the bottom. And me and Artie walked by, and Artie said, he said he was joking around with Prince for a second, and and, I, and then uh, they invited us to go downstairs into this basement, and there was this uh, this theater room, right? It had these pl- like plush carpeting and all these you know seating and everything, very comfortable theater room, and. And the MPG was in there. Hmm. And, and we all sat with the MPG and Scott Asin Clay launched at Lotus Flower site live in that room. Oh, wow. To the world. So so we're sitting here and then they're showing us previews and th- things that are going to be on the site. Mm-hmm. And I remember they showed us Creep from Coachella and, and Artie's like, Creep! You know, and the next thing you know, they started playing, um, what was it? The thirty-one twenty-one movie, just portions of it, okay. the, the clips of it, that that movie that never never made it. Well, I mean, we never saw it, although there are clips out there on the internet. I think mm-hmm. I posted a few myself, and then um, just other stuff. You know, the way that the site functioned and all that, and and they were just showing us things, things that um, were supposed to come out on it. Some of it did, and some of it didn't. I don't think that the site really ran ran that long, but I mean, it was it was spectacular to me. Right, and then. After they launched the whole thing and, and that happened, Scott said, "Okay, guys, now it's something special." And suddenly, you hear a guitar sound through a speaker, and he said, "Okay, everybody, let's get up and go down into this other room." And we're like, "What is he? What's going on here?" So, and I kind of had it tucked in the back of my head. I thought, you know what, Prince is probably going to play for us because I already had heard about Funk and Barry going to his his parties at Carl Boozer's house. So I was like. It's got to happen. I mean, we just won this contest. And so we go down this hallway. DJ Rashida's in the hallway. There's the purple motorcycles right there. She's spinning records. And um, as we walk by her, we walk into this big living room. Uh, and there's Prince. And he's, and he's playing the cars, Let's Go, first song, <laughs> with the NPG. Wow. And 
Michael, he played for us for two and a half hours that night, and he even switched. He brought other members of the MPG as a set for a second set to play. It was two shows in this living room um, of about seven contest winners and and a few friends that he had invited, and then a few journalists from USA Today, Huffington Post, and uh, Rolling Stone. That's it. I'm talking like uh, just a nice little house party with Prince playing for us. Yeah, I guess it don't get no better than that, man. It's don't get no better. Than that. <laughs> it's such a surreal experience. Jeez. I mean, it got to the point where there was a drum set in the middle of the room. Prince came down and sat at the drums and started playing the beat to Irresistible Bitch. And me and Artie Holder just stand there like looking at each other. He's playing Irresistible Bitch. And then we started singing the song, the lines to it as he's playing. But we would omit the word bitch just out of respect to him. And I think that was the first night, too, also that he previewed. He had this machine there that was later on. It was built into his purple piano for the 2011 tour, 2011-2012 tour. But um, he where he started doing the sampling set, you know, like oh, okay. all the different things that the old school songs all mixed together. So, I mean, it was a hell of a night. I mean, I just remember when we when I left in the he played till like like four in the morning or something like that. When I was walking out of there, my ears were ringing and it was cold out. It was January. It was the end of January, and I just thought, did just did this just happen right now? I can't believe like what I just experienced. But wow. I had that. I've been dying to talk about that on this show because it's like my moment, one of my yeah, moments. Yeah. God, I, I would have been done after that. Like, man, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. I was I was complete at that point. I was complete. Ooh. Wow, yeah, I had heard about those shows, but not like this. And just the the whole thing, man, I would have probably been like, I mean, was there how many people you think was in there? Probably twenty five to thirty at the most. Wow, yeah. that's crazy, man, crazy. All right, man, wow. Um, kind of tripping on that. I want to <laughs> jump to jump to twenty sixteen. Okay, uh, I'm gonna jump around here, but I gotta ask you this because I. I'm a huge fan of Jesse Johnson. Me too. I have never seen him live before. But this tell me about this show. So you got Jesse Johnson, mm-hmm. Michael B, Sonny T. What a treat, right? Tribute. I mean, that was one of the reasons I went on the trip was just to I never you know, I never knew that the three would collaborate, but after going and seeing the show it made sense. Um I, you know, Jesse actually said during one part of the show that Sonny T was on one of his past songs. It could have been crazy or maybe it was it was one of his past songs. I don't remember what it was, but but the, the show was the show was really, really amazing. I mean, for one, being in First Avenue, I'd never stepped into First Avenue. I'd mm-hmm. been outside a few times, but I'd never seen a show in there or mm-hmm. seen the insides of it. So I felt like I was on the set of Purple Rain. <laughs> right. You know, and, and seeing like Jesse's like a guitar hero. He's always I've always loved him. You know, he's just mm-hmm. I had all of his albums. I always followed him closely and, <laughs> and and it was, you know, and then Sonny, I mean, without saying, Sonny T was Prince's bass idol. Right. He always said, you know, he he pretty much grew up with him and learned so much from him. And seeing Sonny, you know, Sonny's a humble man. He, he there's the way he carries himself He's very humble, you know, and then and Michael B is just powerhouse drummer, man, like just amazing. Mm. Has not lost his touch one bit. I mean, just better than ever. So how, how was the show? The show was really good. I don't think that it turned out to actually be a Hendrix tribute. There was Hendrix songs that mm. they played. 
it turned out to be sort of a Hendrix slash Prince slash Jesse tribute. Hmm. I ain't mad at it, that. <laughs> I ain't mad at it at all. It was a special treat. I loved it. They they played uh, you know some Prince songs, some Time songs, some um, some Jesse songs, just small little portions here and there. Some of them mm. they they just jammed. I mean he. Without saying, Jesse knows how to play guitar very well. I mean, he's he's entertaining. He he rocks out hard. You know, I mean, it was it was really good. And the three, it was it was a nice collaboration because, you know, Prince had his new power trio with the, with Sonny and, and mm-hmm. Michael back in the day, and him not being here anymore. This was, I don't think there was anybody else that I would rather see playing with those two the way I saw them that night. They were Jesse. Okay, yeah. Interesting. I saw a few little clips on Facebook, and I saw they were doing some of Jesse's songs. And the one I saw was uh, was it "Cry Like the Sky"? Yeah, and they I was did like, "Cry Like the oh, Sky." That's my joint too. I, was, I, was, I always just wish I wish Jesse was able to perform with a full band because a lot of his songs, you know, you got to have the keyboards and stuff. And I've always just seen him sort of with you know a drummer and then a bass player or something. But I, I just like. If he can just get one show in, it's like, man, just get a whole set up there so he can yeah. really go in and do his songs because he got burners. Like, Jesse got cuts, man. I'm a big fan of his wow. albums. So. Definitely. Yeah. I think he's I think he's sticking more to the guitar, you know. Like, guitar stuff. Guitar stuff, you know. I can, I can feel that. And, of course, you know, he did, did some great stuff with uh, uh, on the road with D'Angelo. D'Angelo, yeah. That was, that was some fire. Yeah, um, but he was like hidden in, in that group. You didn't really know unless you knew. Right. Well, that's kind of, I kind of like that though, because it was like I just felt like I I know what it meant to D'Angelo. Yeah. So I was like, and I know what it means to me. So I saw for for fans of Jesse, you're like, is that Jesse Johnson? Yeah. I'm like, yo, that's Jesse. I was like, okay, <laughs> I get it, it. What was really nice to see that night was how transparent he was, how much he was talking, you know, and. Okay. and Aside to Jesse, because Jesse's usually a very, it seemed like he was quiet, he didn't say much, but that night, just hearing what he was saying and how he was saying it and how he met Prince and mm-hmm. what he was doing before that and, and you know, how Prince kind of just, how they collaborated, how, how Prince liked him because of his look. I don't know if you saw that little clip, I, I put it on Facebook, but he was he was basically telling him, you want me to play, I think in the end he said to Prince when they first met, you want me to play tonight? And he goes, no, I just like the way you look. <laughs> <laughs> And he did have that look. He was almost like some of his albums. You you look and think, is he trying to be like Prince? Oh well, you could tell there was a thing going on in the eighties with those cats, man. Like it's just a, yeah, a, a probably a more of a respect thing. But you could see, like, I mean, yes. you know, Prince even shout, you know, Prince shouted Jesse stuff out. Uh, was it on the Housequake, Moquake? Yeah. You yep. know, and, and different things like that. So you could tell there was a little thing. It's interesting. There wasn't no internet back then. I can only imagine like if there was two guys coming out today like that, and they're very similar styles. It mm-hmm. would probably be played for a whole different, different thing. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. dude's super talented, man. So let's get into this uh, Paisley Park now. Before we talk about your last visit to Paisley Park, and I know you were there in January. Mm-hmm. But had you been there prior to January? I had gone there. <laughs> I have a history with Paisley Park, but it's not extensive. I, when I was 19 years old, they used to have these controversy uh, magazine yeah. mm-hmm. events in, in Minnesota. I was 19 on a fake uh, 
on a, on a, I had a fake ID and I was going into Glam Slam, I think, around that time when it, when it was there. And um, I remember one night, uh, three German guys and me, we drove out to Paisley and to Prince's house, the yellow house, which was around yeah. the corner. And at the time, I don't think there was a fence around the building, so... <clears throat> Here we we went through the dumpsters of Paisley and Come found on, a lot of I was I'm telling you, man, I'm a nut. But but I, we found um promo stuff, we found drawings for some of their outfits for the for that era from ninety two, I think ninety two concert. Anyway, so I that was my only time that I had ever gone to Paisley. Then Dumpster Dive. The dumpster dive. And it, Hilarious. There's a story behind that too, but I won't get into that. But what, <laughs> later on what happened was um all the celebrations happened, and and once again, I wasn't in my right mind. So I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even think like to go. Now, now that I look back, I think I should have been at that because mm. the celebrations seemed to have been amazing events, especially because they were, you know, Prince was fully involved. But last year, or 2015 November, I remember I had this this epiphany where I thought to myself. You know, Prince has been playing again at Paisley because he had a few little summer shows, the one where Madonna came through. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember in November, I, I was following his Twitter account closely, and I thought, you know what? These days, I have the means to be able to go out there. And if he's going to be playing and, and he does these impromptu you know, shows out of nowhere, I should go. And, and I remember reading his Twitter. It said, Cheesecake Funk, you never know what's going to happen. Hmm. And I'm thinking... This guy's gonna play. Like I just had this this feeling, you know, he's gonna play. So I booked my flight and I flew out, and this was November 2015. And I, once I got there, um, we drove out to Paisley. It was my first time back in you know almost 20 some odd years, just seeing the building and all that. Now there's a fence around it, and um, it was 40 bucks to get in. It was in it was in the small it was in the small MPG Music Club room. Um, he was sitting at a keyboard. He played for about 70 minutes. Did you go to that show? No. <laughs> okay. He played for about 70 minutes, and it was like the precursor to the piano microphone tour because uh. he was just sitting at the keys, you know, all night. Mm-hmm. Except for at the very end, he brought in the band that he had with Mono Neon. He had Donna Grantis there. He had, um, what's his name, Kirk Johnson and... And they, they played as a band. And it was the last time that I'd ever seen him actually play guitar live. Interesting. He played wow. two songs. I think he played Dreamer and Stratus. And and I remember just seeing the way he got up to to, to play the guitar. It looked like he, you know, he was ready to play. And it was good. It was like forty dollars, really? And they, they had beanbags set out. We you know, at that point we were all standing. Um but so that was my first time actually seeing Prince play at Paisley, and then um, a couple of months later, where you know mm-hmm. I saw you, where we met each other, um, that was piano and microphone. I wasn't going to miss it for the world. I thought, we're right. you know this is we've all been waiting for this. Europe, unfortunately, didn't have the chance to have him go there because of what happened in France, and then he announced the shows there, and I was like, doing it. That's right. I forgot about that. That that's right. The terrorist thing. Yeah. 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 Man, um, all right. So Paisley Park, the second time in 2016 for the tour. Mm-hmm. What was your thoughts and experiences going there? Well, I don't know. Did you go to any of the tours 
in January, like the I went. To, yeah, I did go to the one in January. Actually, uh, shout out to my guy Jester. He was the tour guy. Jester was he was good too. Uh, he was I, excellent. I, I, a lot of respect for Jester. They they trained yeah. him well. Yes. Um, I went on a, about four tours back in January. And Prince walked out during two of them during the middle of the tour. One of them he was with his assistant. She gave us cookies. I heard about that. Yes, I was there yeah. that night. <laughs> the other one he just walked out and started talking to us like casually, you know. So that was cool. So going this time. Well, let me just say, so there's no tour that you're going to see now that's going to top. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's, out the middle yeah, of, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's the bar. <laughs> Go ahead. That is the bar. You know, I'm not one of these fans that like when, when Prince passed, I thought, I don't want to just go outside of the fence. I want to go inside. Mm. You know, I want to go, I want to go to where, if I'm going to pay my respects and just be in, you know, where he where he was, I don't want to just go outside. So so for me, I was very enthused to do this trip. You know, um, I booked it because of Jesse playing with, with Sonny and Michael, but I knew that I could go to Paisley 2 on tours. And, and so, and I met a friend of mine who, she came out from, uh, from Atlanta. We were childhood friends and, and she had never been there before. So. I went on the first day alone. I went on three different tours, two mm. VIPs, one general. And um, okay. uh, I'd never been through the front of the building, which I guess they used, to, they used to do them from celebration. So it was nice to go through the very front hallway where you see mm -hmm. the eyes and all that and all the awards. And, and that was good. Um, uh, what, what, let me ask you, what, what did you think of the urn? What you know... On the on the first day when I looked at the urn, I thought there's the urn, and and I didn't really think. Um, I don't know, like I, I didn't have any feelings about it. I, I didn't want to think like that's Prince right there inside of there. That's the ashes of Prince. Like, I I was more. In, I guess I was fascinated with just being in that room right there, mm -hmm. where I kind of wanted to block my feelings out, um, and, and just take it all in, take the whole experience in, and see like just think like you know this is where he used to kick it they're showing us the kitchen all in the same time as they're showing us the urn you know it's like it's really weird to walk right in and see the urn at the very beginning personally if they really wanted to make it more of an intimate type of experience for people you should put the urn at the end mm -hmm. you know not right when you walk in but i guess the lady had some you know some philosophy as to why they have it right when you first walk in. Yeah, so. I think they were saying like they want you to leave on a, I don't know, a good note or happy or something, and not feel like. Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of, I kind of agree. Like I think, I personally don't think it should just be right there at the beginning like that. I think you should say, well, is it either something? Do you want to see this? Maybe yeah. some people don't want to experience that part of it, or you put it at the end or something. But yeah, I don't know about the beginning. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was a nice little setup they had there, the display. So that was cool. And then just you know, walking through the the first day, the tour guide, bless her heart, you know, she she knew her script pretty good, pretty well. Um, she made some mistakes, and I can't blame her for that because later on she she told me that her whole thing is that she's an archivist and she wants to kind of work her way up to helping help preserve the the archives hmm. uh, at this time she's just doing tours because she's trying to work her way up so and she didn't really seem interested in her position there 
You know, I guess I guess they the, a lot of major fans applied for this, but they were denied. You know, interesting. So, interesting. I don't know why, but um. So did you feel like I mean I, I so this is the thing you know when you get a fan such as yourself or people who will listen to the show for instance when they go on that tour I mean we're walking in there with almost a lifetime of knowledge oh yeah and, and wisdom on what we're about to see here so mm-hmm. when you get somebody who's there to do their job and you you know you said they're on a script they may not they may not have read the books or listen to all the albums or you know whatever this and that or don't maybe don't know the full history of the or the ramifications of what happened in that building i mean how does that how do you feel as a fan do you feel like that's respectful though still or you know well you know i want to say this they're doing their best and and i and i think that the people who are giving them the information Within time, they'll learn more. They may never get it right or perfect. You know, I mean, they may be, they may never have the the wealth of information that that we've grown up on and know the truth about. The people that were in our tour, Michael, were were a lot of people that were not major fans. Okay. You know, they were just basic. Some of them were locals. Some of them were from other towns that had come to see the Viking Vikings games and decided to come. Check out Princess Thing. I mean, that's going to be that museum is going to be, you know, like the Graceland of Minnesota. So it's kind of it's like another tourist thing to go to while you're there, almost. Exactly. Got Let's it. go check out Prince's museum. I understand. You know? So a lot of people on that tour weren't like me, like paying major attention to everything, you know, like to see sure. what they know, what what kind of knowledge they know. Yeah, but you know, like I, I would hope that, and I I, I think it's uh, Kirk Johnson and a few people. That are that know that know all the information. I think that they they've kind of tried to help them and should should try more. You know what I mean? At least mm-hmm. I think in the beginning stages of, of opening Paisley Park, they should perhaps sometimes walk in on the tours too to to supervise and to show them like this is this this happened here. Then I think Sam Jennings went and he's a very humble guy. Mm-hmm. And later on, he wrote about it and and. Um, one of the tour guides said that they had read his his article and didn't even realize that Sam Jennings was there. I think later on he had told oh, somebody wow. else. So, you know, they, they should know who, who contributed. And the second tour guide on the second day definitely knew a lot more. She was a little older, too, so I think that okay. she was more familiar with Prince. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I try to be careful what I say about it, but I think it's like this. I treat it, or it should be treated, it's just how Prince would have treated if you were like in his band or possibly if you was in some sort of position to be representing what he was doing. You, right. had, you had to be on point. Mm-hmm. So if you was in the band, you couldn't you couldn't use an excuse. There was no excuses. It, it was like you don't go on if you ain't on point. Right. Uh, and if you ain't on point, you ain't going to be in this band. So if mm-hmm. a band member probably would say, listen, I miss my cue or... I'm doing the best that I can do. It'd be like, well, that's not to the level of what Prince yeah. represents. Prince so no disrespect, but you have to go. Like, <laughs> so my thing is like, at some point they have to realize like the the uh, the caliber of what they have there is so high mm-hmm. that yes, they're gonna have to have like uh, I don't know. You know, like when you go to McDonald's, they got Hamburger Academy or whatever it is. If you want to really go in there and move up, 
that I think they need to have that for people that's working here because this is not just it's ain't Graceland. No disrespect to the it's mm-hmm. not just another tourist attraction. This is some print shit. Oh, excuse, yeah. excuse my language. So <laughs> this is major. Yeah, you got to be on point. Uh I'm I if I'm paying money to come in here, I'm not paying the best of my ability money and not forty dollars. I'm paying you forty or whatever it is. So I'm mm-hmm. just saying like I want them to go double down on the tour people to yeah i respect I, I can yeah doing the best you can that's great but this is a business what, what that's is, right use billy as a guide <laughs> <laughs> this is a business it ain't too far gone to see that the best that you can do ain't Absolutely. what i ain't paying for i'm paying for top flight security i'm paying for the best so mm-hmm. they need to get that and i'm just saying that because i know some people are listening. they just got to you know, this is serious. We do take it serious. And and for the people who come there who may not know much about Prince, they right. may say, I'm in town for this and that. Or maybe they'll come in there and get a deeper appreciation for it after they walk out of there and be like, you know what? Let me go get all the albums or, or let me go. You know what I mean? Now I understand. Let me learn more about this guy that I never really knew Yeah, much I didn't know it was like that. I because I, you know, yeah, you can go in there and see the Purple Rain room and see that room, but you know about Purple Rain. But if you were to go in there and show, yo, he used to come in here and he mm-hmm. would just jump on the drums mm-hmm. and be being here for ten hours till we got it done. So right. this is what this room really means. This, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. to me like that has to be that's that's Prince. Yeah. But uh, let me Absolutely. get off the tangent. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, I think we're we're cut from the same purple cloth yes sir I know exactly what you're talking about i it was funny because i did see there was the second tour guide i remember having a little conversation with her i didn't see i don't want to be the the guy that knows everything and try to just take over the tour so i would just insinuate or say little things like i I asked her i said you see how there's the madonna thing right there but it was like a prayer album and I said, do you know what the name of the song was that Madonna did with Prince? And she goes, oh, I know. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, by the end of the tour, I'll, it'll come to me. I'm like, okay, I'll give you that. So we walked through the whole tour then. I said, so do you know? And she goes, I, I just don't know. I said, okay, I'm going to tell you, but it's, it's called Love Song. Oh, she, oh, I knew that. I go, but just remember so that next time if somebody asks you, right, you know. Right. You know. I mean, I think also a lot of these, these – um, tour guys are going to learn from the fans yeah i'm very very sure they will and i imagine these are i would hope these are probably people who have probably more experience as being like hospitality type things i'm assuming maybe that's how they got their job which is an important skill oh they told me that they work you know they're under the staff of graceland the people that that's what we know the graceland came in there i don't know how long their contract is for but they're working yeah yeah definitely hospitality yeah, and, and, and shout out to, to, to Graceland. You know, I mentioned on another show, I did talk to a gentleman that worked there at Paisley and is a part of that organization. Yeah. I mean, they, I agree with you. They are trying. They are doing their best. Like, they're definitely yeah. putting in the work. They definitely are. I'm not, I ain't mad at them. I'm, I'm happy that they came. A lot of people think that it's too soon. I don't think it's too soon. I, I like it. I like that it's starting up. This is just my own. I have my own personal opinions about this. And mm-hmm. this needed to happen when it, you know. Sure, if it had happened after a year, then you would have some fans that would complain that, you know, why on his anniversary of his death and this and that. But 
at this time, the place needs to to still function. I mean, they still, there's people that need to get paid. There, there's people the the bills need to get paid. The, right. the power needs to get paid. And so, and and also the stuff needs to get preserved. You know, I don't know. I think it'll get better and better within time because from what I saw on this tour and what I had told to some people that had gone back in October, it's it's kind of improved a little bit. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think it will continue to grow. Um, and the, I love I love that they're doing these events now on the weekends. Um, yes, you saw Sign of the Times when you. How yeah. was that when you went to see that? That was cool, man. You know because I saw Sign of the Times in the theaters back in the day in Santa Ana, California, and there was only about ten people sitting in the theater. So being oh, wow. there at Paisley in the big room, you know, in the in the soundstage room, seeing it on that huge screen um, with a full house and. It was nice. It was really cool. I hadn't watched a movie in so long that, you know, I don't, I mean, I never forget Prince's talent, but during that time, wow. <laughs> I was just like, God, I love this. Like, this yeah. is good. And to see it in Prince's house, all the better. Right. Know? Where where some of it was filmed. <laughs> was where, where some of it was filmed, exactly. Uh, I sat next to, uh, to Mo, who actually, I think he was at... He told me that they, they filmed the You Got the Look video in Paris and he was in the video or he was there for the filming. He wasn't. You can't see him in the video, oh, but he okay. was there for the filming. Wow. All right. So I sat next to him and it was like it was cool because he, he's sort of a fan like us. Like he he knows his shit. <laughs> right on. Right on. Um, yeah. So did, went on the tour. Uh, what was the vibe? Well, you said the vibe was was um, some casual type of fans there oh well i was gonna ask you the uh the gift shop thing and then the pictures and stuff what would you think about all that it's cool i mean i guess the pictures weren't up a couple months ago so they're they're trying to decorate it more to give it some flavor to make it look nicer to give it more of that you know to let you know like you're you're in the gift the gift shop's a big tent and i it was heated so it's right there in that back parking lot where before when we used to line up to go in okay. now that's where the where the gift shop is um it's attached to the the vegan um little mini restaurant i mean it's very mm-hmm. small but, but you can go out and eat there it's cool some of the items that they have i mean i got some good stuff like i got some um and i'll tell you in a second about what i did with my collection last year before prince passed away the, my entire prince collection um but i bought some t-shirts that I was really looking for the Paisley Park, the old school Paisley Park logo. Right, And right. I couldn't find any of those like on, on a t-shirt, but I, I happened to have somebody go in the back and find me one that was on the back of a uh, a piano. No, it was the one where his face is in the moon on the front, but it, on the back it has the Paisley Park logo and then the lyrics to Paisley Park. So I got that. And I got some of the shirts, you know, I liked a lot and some of them, Truth be told, some of them look like the type of concert T-shirts that you buy in the parking lot of some scalp. <laughs> Trying to say bootleg. <laughs> yeah, some bootleg type. You know? They're they not, no, they not Woody Hutton shirts, are they? That's a joke. They had posters. They, they seemed like they had some posters of, of pictures that I had never seen before and some that yeah. you know we just haven't seen posters for. But they're like mini posters. And then I think they had some large size ones. I don't really do posters anymore. Um, they had a lot of they had some jewelry and things like that they need to expand they need to get I I was I told them too like when I 
when I was talking to the lady, I said, you need, I don't know who your boss is. I, back in the day, I would have told you to tell Prince or tell your boss is this, but you guys need to get some of this and that and some of that and this. And it would be nice to, you know, see more shirts and, and things. They didn't, you know, they didn't have any of that. Um, the NPGMC shirts that we saw last time when we were there and back in January, they didn't have any of that stuff. I don't even know if they, if it's sold out, but it would be nice if they brought some of that back, like the Chocolate Invasion shirts. Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah, I got them. <laughs> You know, they didn't have any of those. They didn't have the Picasso ones, nothing like that. So, um, did they? That, did they sell any of his music there? That's the other part. No, and that's something I was thinking about. Is that they were selling the the Phase One, or was it Phase One? It was Phase Two when we were there back then. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what well, did you guys sell out of it, or is it now? Is it getting licensed now? So, so you're not able to sell it anymore. But I would really like for them to sell his music. Right. Yeah, it seems kind of odd, actually. Yeah, you think they would. I mean, best musician ever. All right. Well, and, and please be clear, we are not shitting on Paisley Park. So no, no, no. <laughs> they're doing their best, man. I mean, I think they're all the people that really, you know, were under Prince. Are, some of them, I think, is just hitting them now. Mm. They're devastated. Well, that that leads me to ask this, man. And, and I mean, how did you? Where, where were you at when you heard about it, his passing? <laughs> I came home for lunch, an early lunch. It was 10 o'clock here in California, and I remember I was cooking chicken in the, in the kitchen real quick. And I got, you know, I started getting one text about, did you hear what happened to Paisley Park? There was a fatality. I'm like, fatality, hmm, I wonder who it could be. Maybe it's one of the staff or something like that. And then another one, and then then they started coming in like where people were like, no, it's Prince. Like they're saying it's Prince. And I'm like, no, no way. You know, I was right. at home and that day I just went numb. I mean, it's like there was a big ball in my stomach just for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I went back to work and I was, you know. I can't go to, to my job and tell people Prince is dead, even though I did. You know, I just heard Prince passed away, and I, I'm not well right now. Just didn't really want to talk to anybody. Right, right. Yeah, that was that was this year. I'm just, it's, it's like I remember that it was this year. Of course it was. But then it almost sometimes feels like it was just a different time and place or something, man. I just remember that whole thing. and I mean, The thing I remember was people were people that you haven't talked to in a long time those people reaching out to you like yo man i heard what happened to prince like you know like like you knew them or something i mean like you knew yeah, prince or something old friends that, that i haven't yeah. heard from forever oh man yeah, yeah i remember that. i've never seen so many texts on my phone like i it got to the point where it was overwhelming i didn't even answer texts for days mm-hmm. i mean we're talking like i'm in the hundreds i've never seen my phone have a hundred texts on unread uh, two more questions. One, I want you to elaborate on what you were saying about your collection. Oh. So I had this huge Prince collection. I'm talking like over the years, as, as I was saying in the beginning of this interview, uh, I, I collected a lot of stuff, man. I mean, I had a, all the vinyl, everything. Mm. Many from different countries. I had a plethora of magazines. I'm talking like I'm talking mint condition magazines, and I would sometimes buy threes and fours and fives, and and they were plastic wrapped, and just a lot of stuff. All 
I had it all in all these uh, bins that I was always lugging around with me over the years. And I'd moved to L.A. for a while, and it had just become too much. And I thought to myself, I guess I, I had gotten to the point where in my 20s and 30s, I thought I'll never get rid of my collection. Um, and now I got into my 40s, and, and I had already been to his house and, and seen him, you know, that experience within itself. I, I would say it often, like, I'm complete. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've... On top of it, you know, uh, we got to see the Palladium shows. We got to see, you know, so many different. There was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff to where I got to interact, you know, with Prince and his people in many experiences. To where I thought I don't need to collect all this stuff anymore. I would rather have his music all digitally saved, right. which I do, you know, and um, and I can part with this stuff now. I mean, it's nice to have, but I, I don't have. Um, at the time, I had just gotten into a new apartment. I didn't have the place, any place to put it. Um, so one night, I got my uh, got this hair up my ass, and I, I was like, "This was probably right in October of 2015." And I, I posted on Facebook, "I'm giving my Prince collection away. Who's down?" Mm. And this is like 11 p.m. I have all my stuff at my sister's house in Koreatown, L.A. And <laughs> the phone calls came through, and I was. You know, I I gave my stuff away. I gave it wow. all away. And some of it, I saved a, a few things. There's a few things I still save that I, are very sentimental to me, and I, I just I still keep them to this day. But I gave everything away, and I get for the most part, I gave them to people that were worthy. Okay. There's a few that I think probably weren't, but I don't care, man. It's, it's all just material stuff. Um, and uh, and some people ask me now, like, do you you know after this had happened, do you wish that you didn't give your stuff away? And truth be told, like, really, I, you know, it's okay. Like, I'm fine with it, but I gave my whole collection away, and nobody would have ever expected that from me. Like, I was pretty pretty attached to my stuff. Interesting. Man, did this have, did you have, like, videos and stuff like that, too? Or? I had videos and all that, but, like, now I have everything on a mother load, you know, so, I mean, right. everything. I got it all. I got it all saved, so if, if anything, I gave away the stuff that was material objects, like, magazines and mm-hmm. uh, you know some other things too but things that i ain't hurting all right last one man is um are you gonna go to uh the celebration next year i um <laughs> i am gonna go i i just found out that the vip was sold out uh, and yeah. people were like you're crazy you're gonna actually pay for you know i don't really care if i don't get the vip i am gonna go for general admission i definitely want to go to that um it would be nice to see those bands. It would have been nice if Sheila E was part of this thing, but I think she's omitted herself from the whole organization, but I'm not right. sure about that. But, you know, just seeing the time there and and, and the revolution and the MPG, you know. Yeah, man. Oh, go ahead. I've developed a relationship with some of these people, too, so either way, even if I ain't VIP, I'll try to make myself be VIP. Right, right. I, I feel that. Around. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to try my damnedest to get there. I just want to go because really I want to just be around all the other fans, man, and just yeah. soak up that, you know, spirit of the whole thing and meet people. Mm-hmm. This is going to be, to me, I'm like, this is basically our Comic Con. So, yeah, I got to be there. You know, I'm going to see the shows. I want to meet this. I want to see people like you. And this. so, yeah, I got to I got to get down there, man. And um Absolutely. I just think it was because I didn't go to the other celebrations either. I kicked myself. Yeah, me too. About that, but uh, yeah, man. 
Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, any last things you want to drop out before before we uh, get this thing done here? Anything I forgot um, to ask about? It's been a pleasure talking to you today and just you know telling about some of my experiences. I, I'm I'm you know I love what you're doing and and let's keep Prince's spirit alive. You know, if people don't know about his music, I think it is our ultimate duty to show them, teach them, especially mm-hmm. kids these days. Um, this legacy should never die. I mean, a lot of people just don't know. Right. They should, you know, they should. Yeah, no, I mean, and I respect you coming on, man. And like I said, um, it's people like yourself, uh, you know, I guess what I'm doing. But we're just trying to, like you said, keep this stuff out there and, and expose it to more people. And as I said, when he was alive, we're going to celebrate it. We're going to keep celebrating this music. Keep on celebrating. You know, that ain't going to never stop. So, uh, definitely. Uh, how can people find you online? They, I mean, they could. It's P E J M A N. First name Page, last name Man. Even though it's actually Pageman is my full name, but if I put my full last name, it'd be too long. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, man. I'm on there, like you know, I'm very active. Um, All right. That's yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm around. You know, they can call me too if they want. There you go. And check out us. Like I said, check his Facebook page out. He got a lot of great pictures. Uh, man, you, like you took a lot of great pictures out there in uh, Minneapolis, man, and Paisley Park. Excellent stuff. Definitely one of those fans. Like if you see him at you know the celebration of different events, you you definitely go up and chop it up with him. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Real cool dude. Uh, and these kind of people with, that you meet. This is why I love being a Prince fan because there's no other community like this, man. Where it's just all races, all ages. Everybody got very diverse backgrounds, and everybody's cool, man. Like it's just everybody's cool. Yeah, you know, I'm so. here for you. <laughs> and, I, and let me say this: you know, I appreciate you helping out the show in the way that you know you are, uh, and we're gonna move forward on that. But I definitely, man, I tip my hat and salute you. Uh, Thank you, sir, and everything. So, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the Prince Podcast. Uh, 2016. We almost we're about to wrap this year up, man. I think we're gonna do a a year in review in, in another week or so. Uh, so definitely stay on board for that. And we got a lot of great stuff coming. Um, I want to again continue to thank all our listeners, all the people who sent in the donations. Uh, that is a blessing unto itself. Um, so we definitely thank you for that. And as I always say, every show. Work it like a job. My name is Michael Dean. I'll see you next time. Peace.
Yeah.